bring the communion to those who can't make it up here, to those who refuse to come up here. I mean, I could preach every Sunday for a hundred more Sundays, and you will not budge because you're not accustomed to coming to the altar. Can I tell you, I would get in the habit of getting close to Jesus. Well, Pastor, Jesus is not in the altar. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. The Bible says if you draw near to God, guess what? He will draw near to you. It's a faith. It's a, it's a, it's a faith walk. And so some of us are sitting here saying, come to me, God. Bless me if you want to. And God's saying, no, you come to me. Just think about Peter, who bid the Lord that he could come to him on the water. And Jesus said, what? Come on, buddy. Jesus didn't go get in his boat. He told Peter, get out of the boat and come to me. Let me give you a verse before I preach. It gives our worship team time to come back. I'm ready to preach. I am fired up. Is anybody else fired up this morning? All right, God bless all three of you. Amen. I don't want to get you out of your fire zone, but uh, come unto me, the Bible says. And we have this audacity to sit around and say, you come to me, Jesus. Look what he said to Zacchaeus in the tree. Hey, Zacchaeus, you come down from there. I'm going to your house. So if you'll come down, he will go to your house. If you make a move, he'll make a move. But there has to be a step of faith. So, so Peter stepped out of the boat and began to walk on the water. Only person besides Jesus. Listen to me. Only two human beings have ever walked on the water. Jesus and Peter. Of all the people. Of all the people, Peter defied gravity and walked on the water. Why? Because he was coming to Jesus. And Jesus had him. And what happened? Whenever he took his eyes off of Jesus, that's faith. Faith is, is, is fear is taking your eyes off of Jesus. And, and, and fear is, is looking at the waves and being overwhelmed. Faith says, I'm going to keep my eyes on the author and the finisher of my faith. He's going to help me all the way. Come unto me, all, everybody, who is weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Uh, you know, we had a, a large week, a big week, a long day yesterday under the 105-degree heat. Must have been 125 by the grill last night. My glasses were so fogged up and full of grease, I couldn't see whether I was coming or going. All for the mission of God. Say, Pastor, how much did you raise? Not enough to do that again. But we did it for the glory of God. But I was so tired. And I had cramps early this morning. I had a cramp in my leg. Melissa, I don't know if you heard that, but 3 a.m. It's because I wanted to scream, but I screamed on the inside. Anybody ever scream on the inside? I'm talking about, they probably could have heard that in California. I was hurting so bad. Uh, and, but I am here because God is able. You come. you got to push. And, and I think we've gotten so complacent in the church. Big C, not Oak Grove, but Big C. I mean, just staying home from church. I mean, it made it more easier to stay home from church. Help me out here. If you can listen to it online, I, 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 I almost want to take it off a line. Get people to get an effort to come back to the house of the Lord instead of cuddling and cuddling and keeping it going when, when you know, how I many know if COVID disappears, you ought to come back to church? How long are you going to live in that kind of state? Can't live there. How I many know God never designed us not to be together? 
Honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. Help me out here. Sanctification, we need each other. And part two, this is lesson six, sanctification, part two, 2.0. Except for Pastor Bear, I preached it to him three times, so it's 3.0 for Pastor Bear. I, I, he's my guinea pig. I have to, I have to practice on Bear. And then this is the real, it's game day, so let's get with it. Are you ready? Let's see if I can change it, Sister Elizabeth. It's not letting me. Uh, but we're going to try. Here we go. Purify part two, sanctification of the spirit. And uh, I'll keep on trying, but it's not happening. You just run it, sister. You just run it. Uh, part two, Romans 6, 1 through 14. I've got a lot of scripture. How many of you have got a lot of time? I don't believe that for one minute. I'll barely say amen. You'll be out the door. Where do you have to go? You're coming back tonight. You might as well stay on the pew and sleep. Here's the deal. Before Christ, we were like our first Adam. This is the point today. And, and, and we received seed of our first Adam. And the wages of that sin is death. By one man, sin came into the world and death. Everybody with me? I'm going to make it very easy today. I'm not going to complicate it. A lot of scripture, but a simple teaching on sanctification 2.0. See, Pastor, why 2.0? Because we're not done yet. And if we don't get it, we'll have to go 3.0, right? How many say the Lord's still working on me, Brother Ron? Here we go. There y'all are. So Romans, let's look at it real quick. Uh, it's a major question Paul poses to the church at Rome. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? God forbid, or this Bible says, by no means. Exclamation point. By no means. Who ever heard of that? You'd think that'd be simple. But the idea was, if God's grace is so awesome, let's just keep on sinning and show how glorious God is. And Paul says, God forbid. God forbid. It's not God's will that we go on sinning. Help me preach here. It is not God's will that we continue in sin. God forbid, he said. We died to sin. First Adam. In Christ, second Adam, we died to sin. How many is born again here? Remember when Nicodemus came at night to see Jesus privately? He came privately at night. He wanted nobody to see him. There's a lot of private Christians out there. While the world is so public, parading in all their sin and wickedness, and the church is quiet. Sneaking in, scared anybody's going to notice them. I mean, oh, it's time to you to come out of the closet. And be bold and be brave like last week. Like last week. And remember our first lesson, we, we, we talked about, about uh, God, the, that sanctification and the Holy Spirit comes to give us a greater capacity for worship. Right? Man, we have a greater capacity to worship because we are in Christ. In Him, we have all we need, right? And we have, a, we have a greater power for witnessing. He's endued us with power, we talked about. And then we have a, an incredible uh, intensity in our warfare, especially Pentecostals, especially spirit-filled people who are engaged in warfare, Ephesians 6, right? We wrestle not with flesh and blood. I mean, no, there's a real world out there, a crazy one. 
And we better be ready to put on the full armor of God. And especially praying in the spirit. Right? It's not just something you have an option to do. If you want to feel good, do it. I mean, no, you can't live without the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be sanctified. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We used to hear it. I'm glad I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. Half the people in church today don't even know what that means because we don't teach on sanctification. It's a big, big million-dollar theological term that just means learning to live and be more like Jesus. I mean, it's the simplest format. You had first Adam in sin. You're born in it. Second Adam in Christ dead to sin. So God forbid that we walk in sin, right? So he said, we're dead. We're dead to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Verse three, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death. So now it went from personalized individual death to the whole body. All of us. Is anybody here glad to be a part of the body of Christ? So a body can't live without a head. You know why the mark of the beast is going to be on your forehead and your right arm? Because some people don't have a right arm. But everybody has a head. You can't live without a head, people. How many ever take a snake and cut his head off? Why do you cut off the head? Because that's where the fangs are, right? I don't think anybody's listening to me today. I'm going to keep preaching. Keep reading it, Pastor. Somebody's going to get it eventually. Verse 4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might live in a new life. First Adam, old man. Second Adam, new man. Therefore, right, we're... New creation, 1 Corinthians 5, 17. We are a new creation. No longer are we who we used to be. Why? Because Jesus broke the back of sin. I mean, no, he took care of the penalty, and he paid the price, and he ripped away the power that sin had over you and me. Now, we don't have to be in sin anymore. We are in sin when we are in our flesh, drawn away by our own lust. Are y'all hearing me? So when your flesh gets in, the world gets in, Satan gets in, you're, you're in the flesh. But when you're in Christ and you're new creation, old things are. And behold, everything is now. So it's a miracle. I said it's a miracle. To be in Christ is a powerful thing. And the Spirit is given to us so that he can help us engage in walking in the will and ways of God. Through Christ who strengthens us. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Is anybody getting any of this so far? All right, so let's keep going. If we have been united with him in his death, we certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Can I tell you? Dead people don't sin. Hello. Dead people don't bleed. Dead people don't get hurt anymore. I mean, this is the most hypersensitive generation I've ever seen in my life. 
I mean, you can't say anything. You can't correct anybody. You can't tell anybody anything, truth with a straight face. They have a different opinion about everything. I mean, sooner or later, you're going to have to die to your old flesh and live to Jesus. The Bible's not up for debate. It's God's word. Sin is still sin. We've got this idea now that we're going to call all sin by some other name. Sickness. A sickness. You don't have a sin. You have a sickness. No, no, no. It's sin. You can call it anything, dress it up, make it pretty. But a pig with a tuxedo on is still a pig. I love the way you're preaching, Pastor. I can't wait. You're just reading the text. You had not even got into it, brother. Verse 7, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Verse 8, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with Christ. For we know that since Christ is raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Can I tell you, Jesus died once and for all, paid the price once and for all for everybody. If you receive Christ, you're a new creation. And old things are passed away. Behold, everything becomes new. The death, he died. He died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Are you getting that? I don't want to complicate it. It's just too simple. I'm almost embarrassed. Verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, we do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desire. Don't let sin reign. Reign. Live. Habitate. Take up residence. Stay a while. I want to give you something here that if you're taking notes, there are two kinds of sin I want to identify. Sin is sin, but there are two types. Two types. One is one-time sin. Just put a dot, a dot on your paper. One-time sin. One-time sin. I mean, all of sin comes short of the glory of God. First, Adam, we were born into sin. We have a sinful nature. Look at your neighbor and say, you're just as messed up as I am. Just tell them. You were born in the same seed of Adam that I was born with. I wish it could be eradicated completely, but we're on sanctification. I said we're on sanctification. We're not on glorification. Now, some people think they're perfect already now, and everything's getting more perfect. That's called new age. That is not of God. Help me out here. You still got to deal with you. And so, one-time action, one-time action. But don't you love the verses? Jesus said, hey, if you confess your sin, one-time action, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So I'm, not, I'm not getting saved over and over again. I'm just confessing my sin. In fact, James says, confess your fault one to another in the fear of God. You don't come in Christ and out Christ. You know, back in the day, you'd get saved on Sunday morning. You'd backslide by Sunday night. How I many know that's not that easy? Otherwise, there's really no keeping power. Don't you think God has enough power to keep that which we've committed unto him against that day? So we believe in eternal security. We don't believe in unconditional eternal security. As long as you're in Christ, how I many know you're going to make it? As long as you walk in the Spirit, we'll get to Romans 8 in a minute, you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. You see in this. So you've got to make a choice every day. Old man, new man. Every day. Jesus didn't say, go ahead and trust your gut. Go by your feelings. Just do whatever you want to do. No, he said, pick up your cross. If you're going to follow me, 
you deny yourself, pick up your cross, how many times? Daily. And follow. So we made Jesus some kind of a convenient thing where you get him one time, live however you want. Shall we continue in sin that grace might abound? Absolutely not. We are not sinners. So the second part of sin, the one-time action, dot, then put a line, linear action, linear action sin, that is walking in willful disobedience to God. That is ruling and reigning, letting sin reign in your mortal body. You're still mortals. Okay, you're not, you're not Superman. You're not Wonder Woman. I know some of you think you are. But how many know you are mortal? Why don't we do this? Why don't you try pinching your neighbor? Just pinch them. See if they're still human. I tell you, I felt human last night about 3 in the morning. When that cramp hit my leg, I thought, I'm going to die right here. I'm going to die right here. I can just imagine those football players on the football field after the end of the game. They're laying, and they drop like flies. Man, they drop like flies. And, they're all, and, the, co- and the trainer comes out, the health guy, and he stretches their legs out. They're having cramps. They're dehydrated. Maybe it is that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is dehydrated. Maybe she needs the the living water of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we need to get the flowing of the Spirit again so we can have life again. A dehydrated church. It's not effective at all. You can't do that. You can't let sin reign in your mortal body. And so he's helping us here. He's helping us. And so... uh, (laughs) I just want to continue to help you. What benefit? He says, so let me see where I was. <laughs> I got excited. I'm sorry. <laughs> so he said, uh, uh, reign in your mortal body so you might obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master, because you're not under the law, but you're under grace. So what they were doing, Max, would say, well, now that we're under grace, God's glorified. I can sin, and God will forgive me. God, I can sin, and God will forgive me. No, that's not it. That is not sanctification. Is anybody learning this? Oh, I've been knowing that, Pastor. Well, why is the, why is the church living so loose? I said, why is the church living like the world, looking like the world, acting like the world, talking like the world, trending like the world? I told you all last week, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, a, you know, singled out as some old school preacher. I'm not really old school. I'm trending. I would like you to trend this. Trend this Bible. How many know that will help you if you trend the Bible? The Bible will speak life to you. Listen, first Adam, death. Second Adam, life. Flesh, death. Spirit, life. Are y'all getting that? Let's go to the next slide. They might get something more exciting later. Here we go. Is that it? Oh, good. Then I'll make up my own notes. Romans 8. If you want to turn to Romans 8, I I know it's long. I know it's long. Uh, Dead man walking is what I want to talk to. I feel like a dead man walking this morning. But we're really, we really are dead to sin. I said, when you're in Christ, you're dead to sin. In other words, he broke the power of sin. But let me explain something. Even though he paid the penalty of sin, he paid the price of sin with his own blood, and he broke the power of sin. Hey, Max, when Jesus resurrected, he went down, 
before he resurrected, he, he went down to the pit of hell and he kicked the devil in the teeth, took the keys of death, hell and the grave. I mean, no, Jesus overcame death. And then he resurrected out of the grave. And that's, that's why you and I in baptism could be dead with Christ and come up out of the water a new man, a new woman. We're walking in the newness of life. We're a new creation. You seeing that? Are y'all seeing that? And so if you don't catch this, then you'll wonder. Paul said, man, I, I have two natures, sinful nature and a spirit nature. I have, I have old man and new man, two seeds. Because remember we talked about uh, uh, justification? Remember that? Our right standing in Christ, what he did on the cross. The thief on the cross immediately went to heaven. Didn't join the church, didn't speak in tongues. Are you seeing that? Jesus said, this day, that's justification by faith. Remember me. And he did. I mean, no, if you tell the Lord to remember you and he asks for forgiveness from your sin, I mean, no, he will write your name down and you're heaven bound. That's justification. And it's instantaneous. So you're made holy because you can't get to heaven without being holy. But your holiness is not in your flesh. Your holiness and righteousness is in Christ. On Christ, the rock I stand, right? All other ground is sinking sand. It's flesh, flesh, old man, new man. So when Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, intellectually pursuing Christ, can I tell you, I don't care how smart you think you are, how smart you are, you're never going to know God through your own mind, through your own intellect. Never. It has to be spirit. Why? This is how I know. Nicodemus came and said, hey, teacher of the law, man of God, holy man. We know that you are a teacher of the law. Teach me something. And he didn't even bother to debate with Nicodemus. He said, you must be born again. Settled in your own flesh, Nicodemus. You're not going to know me. Why? Because to come to God, you have to come on his terms, not yours. You can't come to God on your terms. you got to come to God on his terms. You're not going to get to God unless you come through Jesus Christ his son. That's the gospel message, folks. As soon as you say yes to Jesus, how I many know oh, he will open up your heart and mind to the things of God? Remember Romans says that your carnal mind can't even understand the things of God. I remember going to a visitation one time in my last church, and somebody was there. They were smoking, smoking weed, drinking beer. And I said, and boy, when I knocked on the door and they saw it was Pastor Ron, they started freaking out. Preacher don't come to your house every day. But guess what? If you go to God's house, he'll come to yours. I knocked on the door. I heard all kind of commotion. Beer cans were just going all over the living room. Smoke looked like worse than last night and under the grill. And I walked through the door, and they were, Pastor, we're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. I said, hey, don't be sorry. You came to visit us at First Assembly, and I'm just a representative. Come to say thank you for coming to visit I mean, you better love the world before you kick the world in the teeth. You're never going to win anybody if you don't love them. And they said, well, we just, it's smoke and beer. And I said, don't worry about it. I, I didn't come to judge you. I come to visit you. Jesus, Jesus didn't go eat with sinners so he can become a sinner. 
He ate with sinners so they could become saints. Are y'all hearing that? I'm going to go to the bar room and drink and witness. Here, here, have a Mai Tai. I don't even know what that is, but I think it's a drink. I'm not up on the latest. It was Jack Daniels and Coke. That's all I ever had. I'm glad I'm a new man. How many glad you saved? My goodness, there's nothing in there for me. Nothing back there for me. I've decided to follow Jesus. He's given me everything I have, and I don't need anything the world has anymore. But then he started telling me, the guy in the house, he said, well, you know, Brother Ron, we're just sitting around reading our Bible, talking about God. I said, really? As I, you know, is that you? Is that you out there reading your Bible, smoking and drinking? Yeah, yeah. He said, when I smoke and get high and read the Bible, it's very revel- revelatory. I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I imagine it is. But that ain't the same gospel I'm reading. Hey, listen, if you can just get high and smoke and, and sex it up and booze it up and drink it up and do anything you want, what in the world do you have? I mean, the world can do that. Jesus didn't need to come so you can keep on sinning. We need to get saved. And I mean saved, saved. I know you're saved, but how many know you got to get saved, saved? Saved, sanctified. So, yes, I'm saved, but then I'm being saved. Let's talk about the third chair, because I brought out three chairs last week with Mason. Remember that? So you got the mentor, then you got the, the mentee, and then the mentee's looking for a mentee, right? Paul, Timothy. Paul, Barnabas, Timothy. So if I had three chairs up here, I'd say it's it's justification in the first chair. It's just the first chair. I mean, it's the beginning of your walk with God. Justified. Saved from sin. God broke the back of the devil. He took the curse of sin. The power that it had on us. The stronghold that it had on us. And he broke it. And now, for as many as received Christ... To them gave he power to become, to become, to being saved, to continue to be saved. So the second chair is sanctification. Because you've got to die to the old man to live to the new. Okay? It's not as easy peasy, uh, easy grace that we have today. Eat, drink, and be merry. Go to church and you're good enough. I've seen a lot of saints with sinners problems. So it's one-time action. We can get forgiveness for that. If it's willful disobedience, linear action sin, how many know you need to get saved? I don't think anybody's hearing me. You can't just walk in willful disobedience to God and his word and think you're saved. Everybody I talk to is saved. I had people coming in for counseling one time. That was, that was, there was adulterous affairs on both ends, and they both said, we're both Christian. I said, neither one of y'all are Christians. Christians don't have adulterous affairs continually for years. Somebody lied to them, and I'm telling you the truth. You can't live in sin and be called a Christian. What they've done is they changed the terminology. Now everybody's a Christian. There's a third chair. I want to help you out here before we close. The third chair is called glorification. Justification is the first chair. Sanctification is the second chair, and the third chair is glorification. That's the state of perfection. That's when he changes this old mortal into immortality. 
I said, that's when he gives me a head full of hair and heaven on the way. And the physique that Melissa's always dreamed about. I'll have it when I get to heaven. Sorry, honey. In this old flesh, everything's falling. But there's somebody, uh, I was talking to Jake and Joanna this week on the phone. They said they got a friend that says he's perfect. He's already perfect. He's received Christ, so everything he has. And he used the scripture, now that you're in Christ, every everything you need to live godly in Christ Jesus, you have everything you need. Yeah, well, that's it. You have it. It's accessible, but you have to put it to practice. You're not perfect. Friend, listen to me. If you came to Old Grove today, I just want to shout it. You are not perfect yet. As soon as you die, you'll be perfect. If you're in Christ when you die. Like Cheryl. Perfected. That's called glorification, Max. A woman of God, serve God, live for God till the day she died. Now, she's in a perfect state. So when you see perfect in the Bible, that means complete, mature. He's perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We're being sanctified. So we are saved, justification. We're being saved, sanctification. And we will be saved one of these without spot, one of these days without spot or wrinkle. We'll stand before God and we'll be perfect. Isn't that wonderful? Until then, you got to deal with somebody and it is you. It is me. I wish I could blame it on you, but let me read Romans to give you a little hopes. See if there's any quitting time before you go. I love verse 1. Therefore, Romans 8, verse 1, there is now, now, somebody shout now. There's therefore, now, now there is therefore no condemnation. No guilty verdict. No punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. Lord and Savior. Got a lot of people say he's Savior, but he's not Lord. We have to come back and preach again the Lordship of Christ. Die to yourself and live. He's the master. You're the servant. He's the father. You're the child. You'll tell the father what to do. Come on, somebody. Put it in the right order here. So this is it. It's really important that you catch this. For the law of the spirit of life, life, second Adam, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has set you free from the law of sin and of death, first Adam. But what the law could not do, that is overcome sin and remove its penalty, its power, being weakened by the flesh, man's nature without the Holy Spirit, God did do it when he sent his own son in the likeness of sinful man as an offering for sin. And he condemned sin in the flesh, subdued it, overcame it in the person of his own son, so that righteousness and just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not live our lives in the ways of the flesh. Or guided by worldliness and sinful nature. If you're living your life guided by worldliness and sinful nature, controlled by, remember Ephesians 5.18? Be ye not controlled, controlled by wine. Hello? You know how I many assembly of God people think it's okay to drink? Help us, Lord. My pastor would have turned over in his grave. I can do what I want. Oh, yeah. You'll get an answer to God, too, soon. Hello. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church. And he condemns sin in the flesh, right? So why are we living in it? So 
live our lives in the ways of the Spirit, guided by His power. For those, verse 5, who are living according to the flesh, listen to this, and this is what I want to teach. Set their minds on the things of the flesh. They actually set their mind on it, controlled by it, the, the things of the flesh, that things that gratify the body. How many know this is a whole culture today of gratifying your flesh? If it feels good, do it. Whatever you want to be, be whoever you want to be. Don't let nobody, don't even let your parents tell you who you're going to be. In schools, teachers can't say, you know, pronouns and this and that. How many know this world's going mad? Basically, there's no God. And guess what they're trying to get rid of now? Since they got rid of God, now they want to get rid of man. Man. Listen to me. Father's Day is over, but it's still true. Let's get rid of man. Because why? Because man's made in the image of God. There's still a divine order. God made Adam, first Adam, responsible over everything. Uh-oh. I don't, I don't went too far. See how sensitive it is? Can't even believe truth because you're scared somebody's going to take authority over you. I mean, you better let God have authority over you and his word have authority over you. I don't care what the Supreme Court says. You better know the Supreme God is authority. For those who are living according to the flesh, uh, flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But, uh, but those who live according to the spirit set their mind on the things of the spirit, his will and his purpose. Now, the mind of the flesh, verse 6, is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. But the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. How many like to have more life and more peace? The spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God. Now, both now and forever. The mind of the flesh with its sinful pursuits is actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to God's law since it cannot. It cannot. It's first Adam. It's bent toward evil. If you leave a, 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 a... a culture, man and woman today, without God, how many know they're going to self-destruct? Without God, it's hopeless. It cannot. And it can't even know God without Christ and the Holy Spirit. And those who are in the flesh, living a life that caters to sinful appetites and impulses, cannot please God. Well, Pastor, how can I please God? Well, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I mean, you've got to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Without faith, it's impossible. For those who come to God must believe that he exists. How I many know oh, God still exists, people? Three atheists got saved. Somebody ought to get excited. A generation thought that God didn't exist, but today they know he still exists. They didn't want God to exist because if God exists, then they're going to have to answer to God. Let's do away with God and anybody who talks about God and anything that's written about God and any church that glorifies God. Can I tell you soon in America, they're going to try to squelch and squash the people of God. Your voice for God, they're going to censor your testimony for God at work. It's going to get back to the days of the Hebrews when they lost their jobs, family left them. It's going to come to a day where you're going to have to be counted to be a Jesus person. If you follow Jesus, you're going to be ostracized and minimized and criticized. And for a Christian to stand up and believe the word of God, you got to debate everybody all the way. Oh, well, what about this? What about that? How about this? You must be born again. And Nicodemus has flipped out. Here, I'm a grown man. I have to go back into my mother's womb. Come on, you are 
You're a grown-up man. You're intelligent. How can I go back in my mother's womb? He had no idea. Thought he had to be born like a little baby. And Jesus said, no, no silly man, holy man. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. First out. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. You must be born again. You must be. I mean, that's the message of the gospel. Why do you think the Julians are heading out to Papua New Guinea in July? You know why? They must be born again. If they don't have to be born again, why do they have to raise the money? Why do we have to send them? Why do they have to go over there? Because they must be born again. Hello. However, you are not. Look at this. It's good news. We'll leave on a good note. It's getting depressing in here. However, you are not living in the flesh. Come on, shout with me a little bit. You're not living in the flesh controlled by the sinful nature, but you're living in the spirit. And if the fact, in fact, the spirit of God lives in you. Remember last week, Timothy? It's in you. He's in you. The spirit is in you. That's what's quickened you. It's quickened you. It's made you come alive. No longer are you dead. You're alive. No longer I that lives, Paul said, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I now live in this flesh, I live for the glory of God. And Paul even admitted, I have this war in my members. The things I hate, I end up doing. The things I want to do, I just don't do. That's the struggle we all have. So don't beat yourself up. This is not a message of condemnation. There is, therefore, now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Well, it's going to be a 3D. I can tell you it's going to be sanctification part three. I can tell you that already because I didn't even open my book yet. I'm just reading text. If anyone does not have spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to him. He's not a child of God. Verse 10, if Christ lives in you. Wow. The light just came on. Is that a sign, Lord, we need to take communion? I think there's a whole lot of people taking communion that don't have a relationship with Jesus. It's happening every day. It's called religion. Communion is supposed to be a very intimate time with God where you deal with God and things of God. So he doesn't belong to him and he's not a child of God. If Christ lives in you through your natural body, even though your natural body is dead because of sin, your spirit is alive because of righteousness, which he provides, not we provide. And verse 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit. Who lives in you? Flesh will put death in your and destruction. Not now, but also in the future, it said. But if Jesus and Spirit is in you, it will give you life and peace both now and forever. That's good news, Pastor. Right? So verse 13, if you're living according to the impulses of your flesh, you're going to die. But if you live according to the power of the Holy Spirit and, uh, and you are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body, Bible says mortify the deeds of your flesh. Put them to death, man. Crucify the old man. Kill the old man. That's why we're dead men walking. You will really live forever if you kill him now. So if you're born once, you'll die twice. But if you're born twice, you'll live forever. You die just once. Let me say that again real quick, Max. <laughs> if you're born once, you die twice. Second death. But if you're born twice, come on, you die one time. You only die down here one time, and then you'll be with the Lord forever and ever. 
I don't know if that blessed you, but it blessed me. So then, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but not to our flesh, not to our human nature, not to our worldliness and sinful capacity, but to live according to the impulses of the flesh, uh, uh, our nature without the Holy Spirit. For if you're living according to the impulses of the flesh, you're going to die. But if you're living according to the power of the Spirit, habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body, you will live forever. For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading again to fear of judgment from God, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. The spirit produces sonship, not slavery. First Adam, slavery. Second Adam, sonship. By which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit that we are the children of God. Would you lift your hands? I'm done preaching. We've got to take communion. I have to do part three today. Uh, next week, I was going to preach freedom in the spirit because it's holiday. So part three might come in two weeks. I don't know, I don't know when it's going to come. But since I'm your pastor and I don't plan no going nowhere, you might as well just hang in there. You'll get it when we get it. I've always asked my mom, what's for dinner? She said, you'll find out when you get there, son. Mom ruled her own world. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't answer to me. After Jesus came and defeated death and paid the price, took our peace and conquered the penalty of sin and death, we now can be like our second Adam, Jesus. Sanctification, becoming more like Jesus. Only it's not possible with your own emotion and intellect. Only your spirit, man, is born of the spirit. We've got to come to God on his terms, folks. Why we take communion. Because his terms was the death on the cross. That was his terms. Ushers, if you don't mind, these people would like to go home soon. I love the song, Chrissy. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. While they distribute these elements, I want you to think about this. First Adam, bondage, slavery. Second Adam, freedom. Spiritual sanctification. Max, you want to come? Do we have enough? Come help us, Max. More the merrier. There you go, Mark. All right. It's going to take a little bit to give all of the elements out, so I'm going to keep on preaching if you don't mind. Do you mind? I couldn't hear you. Since I couldn't hear you. I wanted to title the message today. I've used up all my sick days. I'm calling in dead. (laughs) Hey, Chris, we're dead men walking. We got to really realize that we're dead to sin. We're not in the we're in the world, but we're not of the world. There you go. There it is. I've used up all my sick days. I'm calling in dead. I'm calling in dead. That's Romans 6. Shall we abide and continue in sin that grace might abound? God forbid. All this foolishness. You know what? I I wonder why do leaders and preachers uh, preach that kind of thing? And And I think I figured it out. Because people are so sensitive and offended all the time about everything. 
and they feel guilt and shame when you preach truth, and so they leave. So to keep the people on the pew and paying their tithe, they tickle their ear, tickle their fancy, and tell them, you know, whatever they want to hear. Can I tell you? If we have to downsize, sell this building, and go where we can fit, it doesn't bother me. I don't care about no big old building. I want a church that knows the truth and lives the truth. It's going to be my responsibility when I stand before King Jesus. He's going to say, hey, Ron, hey, Ron, why didn't you tell them the truth? Why didn't you tell them the truth, Ron? And I'll have to give an answer to God. So there will be no blood on my hands. No blood on my hands. Talking to Jake and Joanna, they talked about a a statue that they have. It's Pride Week over in Thailand right now. They went to the mall. There was a statue. I hope I get this right, Jake and Joanna. Of a lady, a woman in the middle of the mall. Thank you, my brother. You can come on up and uh, somebody can you can go upstairs and you go up on the platform. Yeah, there's lots of people up there. Just ch- jump up there. Double time, double time. Yep, yep, yep. You're going up. Not in the rapture, Jamie. Not in the rapture. You're just going upstairs. Uh, when the rapture comes, you are going to go up, Jamie. I just want to tell you that. There's a, in the middle of a mall. Did everybody on the platform get? Thank you, David. In the middle of the mall, there's a statue of a lady. She's got ten men's heads in her hand. Pride week. The symbolic of destroying man. Destroying man. Wicked. What we privately do in sin in America, they openly do in Thailand. They actually pray for the spirit to come in this statue to promote perversion, homosexuality, all of the things like that. Promote it openly, blatantly. Not ashamed at all. No fear of God, for there is no God to fear. Buddha, Hindu, Muhammad, of which all three are dead. They're dead. How many know Jesus is the only one alive? And how can the church be alive if Jesus is not alive? But Jesus is alive, so the church ought to be alive. And he wants to quicken your spirit. He wants to quicken your mortal body. So you might be able to see the word of God for what it is. We have to read the Word of God and understand the things of God. I'm not delaying. I'm not preaching just to bore you. I'm just waiting on our ushers. Communion helps me to go to another level of capacity of worship. Hey, this is not an option. Uh, this is not an option for us. This is a ordinance. This is a command from the Lord. As often as you meet together. Remember my death until I come. Why? Because that's the only thing, Max, that's going to transform somebody's life is the death of Jesus Christ. The only thing that broke the back of Satan, conquered death, hell and the grave, and sin was Jesus' own blood. The last and final sacrifice. How many, glow you, how many glad Jesus didn't have to be sacrificed again? How many here understand he's not on the cross today? He's seated at the right hand of, of God, the Father, making intercession for you and that's where he is, and that's what he's doing. And he gives us a greater capacity for worship. It ought to give us a greater capacity for our witness. It's also it's your birthday today, too, isn't it? Today or this weekend? Somewhere. Yesterday. Happy birthday to you. Bear's mother. And happy birthday, too, and Max. And anybody else. That's just me. Forget it. Squirrel. You know, I just thought about the birthday, and that's it. Right in the middle of my communion service. 
But that's what I do. You've been with me long enough to know. So forgive me. But that's who I am. And so here's the deal. Jesus paid for our our price. He paid the penalty. Broke the back of sin so you don't have to live in it any longer. That means you might sin and you have an advocate with the Father. You can confess. Right now, before I pray, I want you to bow your head, every one of us. If there's any unforgiveness, if there's any un, uh, 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 unconfessed sin in your life, sin, one-time action, I want you to go ahead and take care of it right now. We're going to sing this one time, Chrissy, while they take care of business, and then we'll go. Come on. Honor the Lord. You take care of business with Jesus. Intellectually, the disciples couldn't figure Jesus out. They just couldn't. Still, people can't figure Jesus out. Because it's simple faith. Like a child could figure this out. This is not hard, folks. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it and blessed it, and gave it to them and said, Eat this. This is my body which was crushed for you. We're going to pray at the end, but you can go ahead and partake of the communion, the bread. After supper, he took the cup that represented the wrath of God. Brought on to every one of us by the first Adam's seed. Can't get out of it. Every one of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No way out. There was no way out. Only through Jesus and his blood. He said, drink this, all of you. This is the cup of my new and everlasting covenant. It's for you and for all mankind. Take it in memory of me. Let's take together, would you? Here's what we're going to do. Woo! My goodness. I want you to stand all over this building and help me. 
want you to find a place. Next time we talk about this subject, I'm going to deal with the fact that why it's so hard to walk in holiness and sanctification. And the simple reason is because we have an enemy. We have an enemy of our soul who's always trying to get us to do the wrong make the wrong choices. So these altars are open. We're going to sing it again. If you have to go, I do understand. Don't forget to come back tonight dressed in your American uh, apparel. We're going to have pizza. We're going to have fun with the kids. We have pizza. It's going to be a great time. But if you want to get away, get away in a quiet place with the Lord. Somewhere in these altars. Turn around in your pew if you want to. I know it's just a, a, just, just a bench. An altar is a place where you meet with God. Wherever that is for you. You turn this place into a house of prayer. And let's talk to God about the issues going on in our life. God bless you. Have a great day. All right. Let's sing it. From my mother's womb. My Lord. My Lord. You have chosen me. Take care of business with the Lord. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Come on, get it right. Get it right. I am a child of God. Let's get rid of shame. Come on. I'm no longer a slave Let's get rid of guilt. Let's get rid of shame. Let's get rid of fear. I am a child. Worship him, worship him. He gave you a new capacity. You split because you're in him, you have a new capacity to worship. Lord, I pray you open up revelation knowledge to my sister. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I could stay. Me. I want to walk you in the spirit. So I want to walk I in the spirit. I want to walk in the spirit. I God, give me clarity. Give me clarity, God. Give me clarity today. I want to see what you see. I want to know what you know. I want to be what you called me to be. It ain't about doing. It ain't about my performance. There's no good thing in me, God. There's no good thing in me, God. It's all you. It's all you, Lord. It's all you, Lord. My righteousness, my holiness is not in me. It's in the Lord. If you're at home, listen. You need to make some time this week to get together with you and just God. And clean house. If there's any habits, any addictions... Any things that are hindering your spirit, your capacity to worship, your power to witness, your ability to do warfare, you need to get that cleaned up. Anything that sets itself up against God is not up of God. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble.
If that's you, you need to surrender your heart to Him today. Surrender your heart to Him today. Come on, let's sing it out. Oh. Let's sing, oh, 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 oh. Sing it. Think about it. God's people living under guilt and condemnation. If you're born again, just be born again. Stop living below the potential that you have. Quit believing the lies of the enemy. You are born again. You are a child of God. Satan's going to lie to you. He's going to pull on you. You have a real enemy. We'll talk about it later. But you keep on saying, I am a child of God. That's why we say it, oh, grow. We are we know who we are. We know who we are corporately in Him. We are Oak Grove. If you're going you're gonna to tear up Oak Grove, you're going to have a fight on your hands. If you're going to tear up a child of God, how many know you ought to have a fight on your hands? Together we're going to win. How many know together we're going to win? Amen. Would you help me give the Lord praise today? You go and be. Don't worry about doing. Go out there and be more like Jesus. Father, I love you for what you're doing in our midst. Thank you for your people. There's a generation of young people, God, today that are feeling defeated, depressed, overturned, overrun, feeling less than uh, worthy. And I pray, God, that they would be encouraged today to know that if they are in Christ, they are a new creation. They don't have to live under the bondage and the power of sin anymore. They can be overcomers. We are more than conquerors. How? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Go in the blessing of the Lord. Have a great day. If you want to stay.
You stay. You have to go. God bless you. Have a great day.